0: Hello there. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Talk to me, Goose.
1: Wrestling.
0: I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Why, so, so, so. I could do this all day. Are you watching closely? Welcome, everybody, to the One-Eyed Film Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Mossberg, and today we have a massive announcement. Just last week, we launched our YouTube channel with every single episode you've listened to so far over there, and we've started to record video podcasts so you can see our beautiful faces as well as see some clips that I edit in. If you want that, go listen over there. Otherwise, stay put. Listen to our lovely voices. I got Josh here with me today. What's up, Josh? Morning. I love, I love your uh, Yeah. I love your intro. Always morning. Somewhere. Morning somewhere. Let's get down to what we're here for. We're talking about Prince of Egypt today. And this one is a little interesting because there is a second part that not a lot of people know about. It's the musical that came out three years ago, and I'm excited to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. This whole this whole movie and kind of the story behind it, anything that people have to say about it, is really cool to talk about. So let's talk about it. That's what this podcast is for. Yeah. So The Prince of Egypt has always like had a place in my heart. It was one of those movies I just never could get enough of watching as a kid. It was a really good kids movie. It's the story of Moses, and it just did not deviate that far from... The biblical story enough for Christian parents to like be like, oh, it doesn't, it's not good enough for our kids to watch. It was actually pretty close retelling of the biblical account. And as there were some things that didn't necessarily line up. Which is fine. It's not a Christian... It wasn't a Christian company making it. It was DreamWorks. But considering that DreamWorks took a story from the Bible and made it into a fully animated movie, such an amazing cast. Like, have you seen the cast list? It's Val Kilmer as Moses, Ralph Fiennes as Ramses, Sandra Bullock, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Patrick Stewart, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jeff Goldblum. Like, why does this movie get slept on so much? Like, I believe it's probably because of... It's biblical grounding. But I know Shafirlis Productions has rated this movie as his number one DreamWorks movie, which is saying something. And I, I really appreciate someone who doesn't have... christian background to like it as much as i do i think it's really that foot in the door where you can have somebody watch an entertaining movie that was made well by a professional company and be able to talk about this real story that happened which again is amazing as is and they just adapted to be a little bit more theatrical and i'm okay with that you can lead into a conversation about the actual biblical account
1: you basically just said exactly what i was thinking the cast is stacked And they made not only an entertaining kids movie, but I still get chills watching The Parting of the Red Sea. I can go back to it as many times as I want over the years. It aged like fine wine. Not that I drink wine, but (laughs) it, it aged so well. Looks great. I love the idea of being able to play it at a Bible camp or something. It lights up the room just because it's a good movie. Good acting, great music, which I listened to the musical that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. regretfully, it was while I was going to bed. So I had <laughs> the men's choir singing salt and stuff like that as I was salt, going to bed. Blood
0: water. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Not very fitting if you're trying to fall asleep. But still, beautiful music. It, I can't praise the movie enough. Maybe I'm biased because it's about
0: <laughs> one of my favorite books, the Bible. So just a couple of things to address. Like I said, there are some inaccuracies, which we can overlook. Mm-hmm. Having an 80-year-old Moses come back to save the Israelites isn't really dramatic, as you would want for a movie. So I understand keeping him young, 30s-ish. But on top of that, there's some people who take problem with that Ramesses is not the pharaoh of the exodus. And there's this really cool documentary that I watched a couple years ago, and they've continued to make them by a man named Tim Mahoney, based here in Minnesota, who makes Patterns of Evidence. And the one specifically that I remember watching was Patterns of Evidence Exodus, looking at actual archaeological finds and pairing them up with the Bible to see how they relate. And you need to watch it for yourself. I can't just explain it here, but he makes a very strong argument for why Ramesses was not the pharaoh of the Exodus and why it's this other? I believe Amenhotep the Second. Don't don't What's quote it? me on that. I be- <laughs> I believe that's the pharaoh that he believes was the Exodus Pharaoh, because we see economic decline in that time of that Pharaoh. So there's just a bunch of things. I'd highly encourage you to watch it. I'll leave a link down in the description for you to go check it out. I believe it's on Amazon. It's a very entertaining documentary. Most documentaries can be boring, but this one is actually fun to watch because there's reenactment, there's diagrams and everything. I find that interesting. So give that a watch.
1: Another another difference that I think is definitely worth pointing out is Moses's brother aaron not being in the movie personally i do kind of wish that he was in there he was Uh, he most
0: definitely was he's played by jeff goldblum hang on (laughs) look at him yeah look him up he's in the actor (laughs) list
1: wasn't aaron aaron in the bible though he he talks for moses though right yeah i would say that's different
0: i would say in the movie aaron is underutilized compared to how he actually was because moses does do the talking okay like they add him, you don't know that Aaron was in the movie? How did I miss that it was Jeff Goldblum? I knew oh. Aaron
1: was in the movie, <laughs> oh. but like, he wasn't so heavy. How did I not know Jeff
0: Gold? <laughs> okay, but that's the thing. These these actors kind of fly under the radar. Like, maybe this is because I grew up listening to them, and then later in life I was like, yeah, that, that that's the same voice I know from whatever else. So I think one thing that this movie really nailed was the music. And Steven Schwartz... Who went on to compose the Wicked soundtrack just did a phenomenal job. He composed the original score for this entire movie. And I think that's why it's just a hit. It's he's obviously professionally trained. They they weren't going to hire some bum to write their score. Like obviously it's gonna be good. But like it's good. It's really good. The singing is something else. And on top of that, you have the Whitney Houston version of When You Believe that was so popular for so long. It was incredible it chills I'll
1: still get chills every single time and the very first song too, deliver us one of my favorite musical songs of all time mm-hmm. i love the bassiness of it and then you have what's her face coming in and hitting all of those high notes yeah moses's mom it, my ears
0: love it yeah moses's mom yeah. picking up that that solo halfway in and again i just think on top of the score taking an already dramatic bible movie and making it not not changing it so that its meaning is lost but changing it so that it's dramatic for a movie is really commendable. And I mean this was made back in the 90s, late 90s. It probably yeah. wouldn't be made again, but it shows when you when you look past all of the discrepancies and differences, it shows that the bible stories are entertaining and that it actually happened. Like technically this is a historical fiction, but it shows that the Bible is cool and that it's not yeah. just a boring history book. There's a lot more to it. And like I said, you can use this to draw people to talk more about this story, the actual story that happened yeah. as much as movies, often don't get Bible stories, right? Like I think of Russell Crowe's Noah and how a lot of people didn't like that movie because it was so inaccurate to the Bible. I still haven't watched it. I plan on doing an episode on it, but a lot of people were just frustrated with blatant disregard for the biblical account and how it wasn't accurate. Mm -hmm. Like the most they got right was the ark and noah and anything else they just kind of threw in this movie they stuck to the bible as the source material in order to lay out the entire story and then fill in the gaps where the bible doesn't cover it like the brotherhood i I think it is incredibly creative to take the concept that moses grew up in egypt and then came back to egypt 40 years later granted it wasn't 40 years in the movie but he came back and his brother or the person he grew up with his half-brother is now pharaoh that is totally plausible that the man that he told let my people go was somebody he grew up with that is whoever came up with that concept and pushed this movie forward so so creative and i love that person whoever they are that could have happened and it's so dramatic and we'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the when we get to the musical that that is honestly what drives the story forward is that connection between rameses and moses yeah, so good i reading through the bible so when i was a kid i watched
1: the movie obviously and reading through the bible on my own now i can't think of it any other way i think of it as moses's brother even though it doesn't say anything
0: mm. yeah but we also want to be careful we also want to be careful my dad has talked about this with the chosen that we don't want a fictional piece or even a historical fictional piece of media to influence how we read the Bible. Yes, it can be fun to watch for sure. We should not picture in the example, of the chosen, we should not picture Jonathan Rumi as Jesus. Jesus was Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Rumi is Jonathan Rumi playing Jesus. That should not cross any lines, but at the same time we'll do a full episode on the chosen. They're just an easy target. The chosen brings the disciples and the side characters to life. And helps us realize that they were real people and that they had fights <laughs> and they had problems and they worked through them. Same with this movie. Seeing Moses be brothers with Ramesses for that first part of the movie and how ha- letting them be so casual and not even technically using lines from the Bible until probably the burning bush. It just br- makes it real and makes it feel like they could have been real. And that's what the movies are supposed to do. They're supposed to bring the stories to life. And they did that so well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll say it one more time. They did it so well. Yep. It's okay. If we if we keep talking about how well they made the story so cinematic and just entertaining to make you realize that the Bible is more than just words on a page, it's a story. We could be here all day praising how well that mm-hmm. they did it. Mm-hmm. They did a great job.
0: I wanted to talk quick about the animation because I do have a degree in animation if you didn't know this. I've mentioned it a couple of times. They, this was the era where they kind of were using 2D and 3D animation. You see this in Curious George, another good movie. It has no right being that good, but there are a number of movies who are starting to blend 2D and 3D. I believe- Treasure Planet was doing this too around the same time. They were kind of experimenting because, you know, Toy Story had just done really well. And so they were trying, they weren't ready to go full 3D because Disney Pixar had kind of taken the helm for that to do full 3D movies. But a mix between 2D and 3D actually looks, is, is one of my favorite styles where you can have the style look similar, but you can tell that this movement is not something that they created by drawing out. It had to be modeled, it had to be animated, and yet it doesn't look realistic they still made it look like the drawing it fit with the world but there's something different about how it pans or how it moves the camera or something and i i I love that style i just had to mention that
1: yeah and you're actually seeing it come back it took a bit of a break but it's coming back with stuff like spider-man into the spider-verse puss in boots arcane stuff that we've talked about and it's got more of a modern twist to it yeah but it's only been elevated i loved the idea or that kind of animation way back when still do but it's only gotten better and I will say that it is also my favorite form of animation form of a movie regardless
0: yep the that style that's coming back in those movies that you uh, that you referenced is a different type though it's it's using it's using 3d characters in a 2d environment Whereas back in the 90s when they were trying this with those movies I mentioned, Treasure Planet, Curious George, Prince of Egypt, it was 3D environments and 2D characters. And so they flipped it. And I think I, I personally like those movies better that just visually. I love the movies that you mentioned because of the same reasons, but it looks different. It has a different style. So I was really excited. I believe it was late 2019 when they announced that they were making a musical on Prince of Egypt. And it wasn't Broadway. It was London's West End, which is the equivalent. It's a a big theater, high budget. And when they announced that Stephen Schwartz was coming back to recompose and also make new songs, that blew my mind. I was so excited. I really, really loved the new soundtrack. I didn't like it at first. I listened to it and I was like... Yeah, they added a couple songs I'm not a fan of, and then they grew on me. If you haven't listened to it, you need to listen to it. I will link it in the description so you can go listen to the entire playlist. It is a new and improved 20 years later type of reimagining of the original score. Really fun to listen to. The actors are now, you know, Broadway level actors, West End level actors, and they they nail it. I think that Luke Brady playing Moses really nails the moses character like i heard it and i was like that's moses like i maybe that's just how i remember val Kimmer playing him in the movie mm-hmm. but he, he nailed it i really think that he was the perfect cast for that role and the other cast does phenomenal as well yeah what did you think when you first listened to it which was only a couple weeks ago
1: first time listening i'm i like the classics and for me, the classics was the original soundtrack as well. And listened to it a second time in the morning, rather than trying to fall asleep <laughs> to it. And that time, it was much more effective because I was digesting it while I was on my way to work. And it is, I don't want to put it above the original, but I definitely say it's just as good. It is beautiful, quite honestly. To give a word to it, I definitely think it's beautiful. And I'd put them both in the same playlist and just let Shuffle pick which one. Hmm. I want to
0: listen to. Interesting. I think Schwartz really took it and ran with it the way he had written it 20 years ago. Like, I I don't, he probably was like, there's not much. if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're listening to it. You like, you've listened to the original score. You know what it sounds like. And then you hear something and you're like, that was a little different. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I hate it. You know? Yeah. Then there were some big changes. There were some changes to the Plagues song and there were some additions like, Footprints on the Sand, those grew on me pretty quickly. I, I should say, I have not seen the musical. It's in London. I have not gone to London to see it. However, it has been recorded and Universal Pictures owns the rights to it to someday put it out on streaming. And I will see it when it comes out. But there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. My sister really filled me in on a lot of stuff. Obviously, you can listen to the soundtrack and kind of get a feel for what they changed and what they didn't. Mm-hmm. These, these songs that they... Changed and added really grew on me quickly because, as I mentioned before, there is this obvious battle between brothers and how they were raised the same, and yet knowing that Moses was an Israelite and Ramesses was an Egyptian, and yet they worked together as brothers like they loved each other and they, they like messed with each other like in the in the newer song faster where they were racing horses that's one of the things where if you know the story from the movie and you listen to the new musical soundtrack you understand that faster is all about that chariot race and there wasn't a song for that in the movie but you, you yeah you can still enjoy it as if you're watching it so they have that playfulness in Faster and they're trying to beat each other and they both yell, I win at the same time. But the the way that Schwartz changed the Plague song to be very back and forth and back and forth and uh, really grew on me. Like at first I was like, oh, it's not the same as it used to be. But then I was like, wait, this is like very thematic in how he wrote it. And he keeps going back to these themes and melodies that started in songs like One Week Link or For the Rest of My Life, which are, again, original songs for the musical, not for the movie. Wraps those into the either battle scenes in the plague scenes where they're, where they're going at it back and forth, or in the finale, the act two finale, they kind of have this bonding moment, which, again, that is a discrepancy that doesn't happen in the Bible. But there's this almost unity for the good, happy feeling at the end. I'm willing to overlook for dramatic purposes, is all I'll say. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, the way that wrote new songs and they all mesh together into a cohesive feel and movement of the story, I really enjoyed as I listened to the new one.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely an experience if you haven't listened to them. You've just got to. <laughs> Loved them. I, I wasn't a huge fan of that kind of that they had at the end. I w- I'm still willing to look past it, but I think you're a little bit more gracious about it than I am. Yeah. But if it, that's that's my only thought.
0: The reason I choose to look over it so quickly and without question I suppose is because it doesn't change my faith. It doesn't make me question, oh what if yeah. what if Moses and Ramesses or whoever unified? Well, if that actually happened, that would actually be detrimental to the story of the Bible. And yet I know that yeah. that didn't happen and that's not going to affect my faith. I I yeah. know what the story is and when it when mm-hmm. it's not informing my perspective of what the Bible says, then I am willing to Mm -hmm. put it to the side and say some creative liberties
1: i i am personally not as for it i i can definitely get like the adding to the dramatic feel plus honestly you can even turn it into a conversation like yeah this story is great but talking to an unbeliever you can even be like hey story's pretty much the same but these are a few differences let me show you in the bible and then you start getting them to look at the bible that's a great way to lead into it but for me personally i i'm just not a huge fan of changing the bible because bible's perfect it says it mm-hmm. yeah, that's just my reasoning again i don't think there's a fault in yours either it's just just a difference in opinions and that's the way that
0: it is it oh. It is what it is. Yeah. Do you guys know that you can disagree with people and s- not have to be right? Or you can both be right? Or you can both be wrong? You can just be cool with that. You can just go on your day that's, and have your opinion. That's crazy. It's that easy. So there's one thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's Footprints on the Sand, the original to the musical. One of my favorites, I really grew to love it. I sang it for a show that we did, just a little cabaret where we sang in front of a bunch of people just for fun. It talks about wanting to leave a mark on the world and yet being washed away because this is the point where Moses has just ran away from Egypt and he's feeling as though he has no purpose because he just killed a man and he doesn't know what's ahead of him. And he's asking, he's praying to the gods because he was raised by Egyptians, but he says, am I going to make a difference in this world? Is anyone going to remember me? And this is before, obviously, the burning bush where he turns into the patriarch of the Jews and the Israelites. And it's it. I think this is where Schwartz continued to use the Bible as inspiration, where obviously we know the name Moses as the leader of Israel out of Egypt, out of the Exodus, and having him in this state of uncertainty, which I have felt multiple times recently in my life, of uncertainty of where do I go from here? Will I leave a mark on this world? And writing it into a song where he expresses himself to really ponder what God has for him. And on top of that, We can go a level deeper where the Moses that was written into this story, at least in the musical, really wants to make a difference. That's why Footprints on the Sand exists. He wants to be remembered and he feels like he's just going to be swept away by the winds of time is what he says. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the musical, he gets to sing with Ramesses about being remembered and not being Footprints on the Sand and being a name That people will recognize. And that's true. It did happen. But I was listening to a sermon and unfortunately I don't remember what the exact sermon was about, but he read Exodus 32, 32. This was right after the Israelites had made the golden calf or Aaron had made them the golden calf and they were worshiping it. Moses came down from the mountain and was disappointed in them, more than disappointed. He was upset. He was angry that God had just led them out of Egypt and they wanted a new God. They felt like a God wasn't enough for them. And again we can talk a lot about how we do the same thing. We criticize them for doing it, but then we do the exact same thing. Yeah. But that's not what I'm talking yeah. about. Moses goes back up to talk to God on Mount Sinai, and he says, "Alas, these people have committed a great sin, and they have made a god of gold for themselves. But now, if you will, forgive their sin, and if not, blot me out from your book which you have written." So not only did did the writers of the musical put so much emphasis on Moses wanting to be remembered? This this character development that we see in the Bible in Exodus 32, 32 shows that he doesn't care anymore. Like, it, imagine this didn't happen because the musical is fiction. Imagine they're the same Moses and Moses wanted to be remembered as a, as a young man. He wanted to be remembered for all of time. And yeah. this character development, as now he's in the wilderness, he's like 90. He now doesn't want that anymore. He realizes there's a much bigger story at play that's bigger than him. And he's willing mm-hmm. to be forgotten from all of history for the sake of the Israelites that he knows as God's chosen people. And he has a much bigger plan for him. This is an example where we as Christians can get so much more out of a movie than anyone who doesn't know the Bible. And I don't think the yeah. writers intended for this. But when I heard this verse, I immediately thought of the musical and the song Footprints on the Sand. Where Moses mm-hmm. was so adamant that he needed to make a difference, and now when he's at the end of his rope, and the people that he's led out of Egypt are rebelling, he is he no is now asking way. to basically sacrifice himself. God, blot me out from your book, so that I am n- nobody, and I will not be remembered right. for the sake, <laughs> for the sake of your people. <laughs> if that's not bars, I don't know what is, man.
1: <laughs> Moses does this a lot, where he just has like such. A significant line about what he's thinking in this given time he says this and you may know this already about me because of previous episodes I love to try and put myself in the shoes of every person that's in the movie Book I'm reading, especially the Bible, and I think you get a much greater understanding of like why they're actually writing all of this down. For example, David he d- writes a lot of the Psalms and the Proverbs, and if if you can put yourself in their shoes, it's just so much better. And lines like you just or verses, I should say, not lines. This is an actual bars. It's poetry in Exodus thirty thirty two, like you mentioned. It really just Oh, You know exactly what's going through their head, and it's like, I I quit caring. I, I just want what you want, Lord, basically. That's so cool to me. I love that. I thought of that as well when I was listening to the song Footprints on the Sand, like you were, and I immediately thought of, not necessarily that verse exactly, but I thought of the scenario about what Moses was thinking. Like an audible, oh, wow came out of me when I was reading that from my Bible. In prep for this episode, I wanted to read through Exodus. Not the whole book, because that would have taken me more time than I had. But I wanted to read through Moses in his role. And the Prince of Egypt doesn't do Moses' story enough justice. After reading the Bible directly, there's so much more to it than just what happened in the movie. And yes, the movie gives us a good cinematic of what happened but the thought process of Moses afterwards is from what I got was more entertaining honestly and it's a good read real page turner
0: yeah they there's definitely things that they left out because it's a little expository and not dramatic like I said but his whole debate basically with God at the burning bush is very interesting to read and Understanding where Moses was coming from, a very shy yet not willing to change type of man, really mm-hmm. making excuses and not wanting to do anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and then turning that on ourselves and s- seeing like how much of that do we see in ourselves and what do we not want to do because God doesn't, because God's God's calling us out of our comfort zone. And there's there's probably <laughs> thousands of sermons out there on Moses and the type of man that he was and the type of man that he became and yet areas that he still fell short. Like, he still was very prideful and struck the rock instead of telling it to bring forth water. It just, yeah. He, in some ways he changed, in some ways he didn't. And that's real-life character development that actually happened. Yeah. And we see that in the Bible,
1: and the people like to overlook the fact that the bible actually has what every movie nowadays has it has excitement it has action it has character development it has sad stories it has exciting stories and throughout the whole thing it also has a constant and that is god and i love that
0: as a wise man once said bars indeed indeed well that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of the one-eyed film podcast thank you guys so much for listening we hope that you can share this with your friends if you enjoyed it give us a five stars a thumbs up subscribe Uh, subscribe and hit that bell we're not shameful of how we will beg for your views and your subscriptions please 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 just keep up to date with all of the things that we have going on follow our instagram join our discord we got so much good stuff going on oh good stuff good stuff good stuff we got a lot of exciting stuff coming. Coming up. We we just love doing this. We love talking with each other and talking with you. We just want to grow this community of movie loving Christians because you're out there, you're listening to this, and I hope that we can have some good discussion wherever. And I hope that we can have some good discussion on this. Thank you, Josh, so much for joining me today. It's been awesome. It, us- you. it usually is. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We love you. Peace out. Bye guys. Yeah.